a mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 16, 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right. Hey, also, do not forget tonight... Not that it's a big deal, but turn the clocks back. If you forget, you're just an hour ahead of everybody else. But we gain that hour of sleep back that you lost in daylight saving time uh, last spring. We lo- we, you know, we gain that hour back tonight, so you get an extra hour of sleep. So uh, tomorrow night at the, or tomorrow afternoon at this time, it will actually only be 11.04, not 12.04, because we're going back in time. Yeah, this is the one they always remember. When we spring forward somehow. They forget. Yeah, As employers, we all know that Monday. I know. They, uh, I know. This one, they're never an hour early. No, of course not. No, they, yeah, this one's always remembered. Exactly. Always remembered. Conrad, what's up, sir? Hey, guys. How's it going today? Good, man. How are you? All right. Did you have fun at SEMA? Always. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a little different this year because the first full year back from, you know, quote-unquote COVID. I got a few more things I want to comment on uh, as we go through this this last hour. But, yeah, yeah, all in all good. Yes, Conrad. Yeah, I can't. I haven't been able to listen to you today because my Alexa is not working right. But no worries. Anyhow, um, uh, I just wanted to say, you know, telling you, texting about that engine I'm going to do for the Torino. And what happened was I took my car over to uh, C and J Motors. Yeah, Clay, Clay. He used to work for a Ford dealership in Golden. Really knowledgeable about Ford engines. Put a scope down. I remember two cylinders and a big scratch in the side. Yep. So. That's There's your problem. Oil usage tank. So I've got this Virgin 429 uh, Super Cobra Jet block. We're going to put a stroker, a 521 stroker kit in it. and uh, Nice. And go from, nice. go from there and put Ford Motorsport heads on it. Let me go whoop, whoop some butt, John. Um, yeah, I don't know too many of those motors that don't run strong when they're done, Conrad. <laughs> all right. As you know, that's also a very desirable engine when it's mm-hmm. all said and done. So. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I don't see any reason not to do that. Yep, I'm going to do it. And, uh, so uh, tell me, do you get to check any about, about those uh, those hydrogen engines while you're out there? Did not see any hydrogen stuff at all. None. None. All really? EV. We got some stories we'll share on the EV, even some retrofit EV things, but no, didn't see anything at all on hydrogen. Not not one booth. And Josh is over here agreeing with me. I I did not see any hydrogen stuff at all, Conrad. That's too bad. Which I was surprised at, actually. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe I'll have it next year. Probably. I want to. Ma- I want to make it to that show sometime. I'm gonna have to just make a point to go out there. And you know, if you go on Friday again, I think from from this point forward, it sounds like yesterday was fairly successful. Fridays are opening it up to the public as a hundred dollars a ticket. If you buy ahead of time, it's like seventy five. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. Take care, and we'll talk with you soon. Conrad, thanks, hey, man. I appreciate everybody it. Out, everybody out there, vote ours on. on there Tuesday. you go. You got it. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I, I will say that the we'll get into the EV you know, retrofit stuff in a moment because there were several displays that way. In mm-hmm. fact, there was an entire area 
of one of the halls that was dedicated to the EV retrofit. And there's several different. This is where you know how where is the trend going to go with the EV retrofits? I don't know. There's different ways to do that. There's different technologies out. Which one's going to end up surfacing to the top and be the number one go to? That I don't. I don't have a prediction on. Josh, do you? No, but I did like that one kit, the Atom kit, because they're using Tesla stuff that's already on the road and proven. The other ones kind of look like still the early EVs, where you know they took a forklift motor and you built your own components and stuff like that. Right. These guys had it all down to almost a plug and play kit. There are some also that actually go to a regular transmission where they're using the electric motor to run a regular type drivetrain, which for some retrofits makes things even that much easier, which I, I like some of those kits actually. And there was a company there that they're using the planetary gear so they can almost, and they were already selling if you had a Dana axle or whatever, the drive, the actual yoke coming off the back fit Correct. right to your drive shaft. Correct. So they had every, every stinking uh, yoke there was on it. So. Correct. So some of that I like, and, and I think as some of that might play out. And again, look, these are for these are for folks that are going to want to take a vehicle and do some retro. Now, who mm-hmm. is that? You, you know, some of these guys will do it for the novelty side of the fence. Keep in mind, someone say, "Why would you ever want to take a gas engine and make an EV out of it?" Well, number one, speed. Right. They're going to be much faster. Uh, for some guys that are even four wheeling and so on, the control is much better than you get out of a gas engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to worry about angles and different things along those lines. Uh, on top of that, most most folks don't think about it, but you know most hot rods. Uh, you know you're driving to a, a you know a rod run or a car show or something at home. I mean, if you if you drove it 25 or 30 miles that day, that's that's long distance. Most of the time, you're driving 10 or 15. You're doing some, something close to home. So most of these, even after converting, aren't going to drive a really long ways. It's actually a really good market for the the quote unquote testing of EV conversions to get into that world where guys would normally spend a bunch of money retrofitting, you know, a, a big, you know, a small block, big block Chevy, Ford, Chrysler, or whatever. In this case, you can go put an electric motor in something, pretty much mount it wherever you want to. Because you keep in mind, you're taking something that even on a small block Chevy or small block Ford that's fairly small, you're half the size right. of even a small block Ford or a small block Chevy, and maybe even a quarter of the size of that engine. So if you think about what you can put this into, it's almost limitless. Then I think a lot of cars that had terrible drivetrains but had looks, that's the way go. to go. Because an, an MG. An MG. That's exactly Great what example. I was thinking. MGs were garbage to begin with. Right. Sorry, MG lovers, but they were. <laughs> yeah. A lot of those cars, that's the way to go. Because then you actually have a car that's going to be able to easy to drive. You don't have to maintain. And fun. Motor. Yeah, and fun. And fun at the end of the day. Fun, more fun. Fun is not the right word. More fun than it would have been with the original gas engine that, by the way, might have made 150 horsepower. Right, and this is... If you were lucky. Way too much horsepower for an MG. Correct. <laughs> and, and I noticed there's also some EV retrofit kits. This is where I don't know how this is going to go. Some of the big truck, uh, you know, heavy truck stuff, there's even some retrofit kits for those. That one, that's the one I wonder, you know, where is that going to go? Because, again, I just don't see on the fleet end of it that end of it really panning out. The, the hobbyist, I could see some conversions being sold on the hobby market. I think on the big truck, if you've ever been to big warehouses, they use propane trucks as yard trucks. And that's where Maybe think there. that's where it's really going to take yeah, off. But not out trucks. on a bucket truck over the road, things like that. I don't see no, that. And there's pictures of those, and I just I don't see that one right. happening. Russ has some comments for us as well, or questions. Go ahead, Russ. Well, that's I guess that was one thing I was kind of wondering about is those retrofit kits. How much do they start? You know, and where do you put the batteries on those guys? Depends. 
Right. Depends. So a lot of times they take the fuel tank out and put the batteries where the fuel tank was. Or, or the bed the, of the truck. The bed of the truck. Or one takes of, up one, trunk one of the Jeeps, there was a CJ6 there that was in the, the Jeep booth where they basically took the whole bed area of the CJ6, Russ, and that was one big battery. You didn't really have any bed space left, but not that anybody ever used that space for anything in a CJ6 either. You can and, have a frunk now anyway. And, you, exactly, you and, can have a frunk. And a lot of times since the electric motor takes up half the space of the gas motor, they put the battery right on top of the electric motor under the hood. Right, that's some of them as well. Yeah. Correct. Wow. The biggest thing that, that has to be factored in on these retros, which, again, it, it is being figured in, but I don't know that the hobbyists are thinking about it, the weight of these EVs will be much heavier than what you had originally, even with a gas engine, to, to Josh's point a moment ago, where you put the battery is going to have a lot to do with how that vehicle handles. Mm-hmm. And this well, is, that's, I guess, where I was thinking with the MG or something like that. I mean, you're probably going to double the, the weight. Yes, you are. Which might actually make the MG handle better. <laughs> well, and if you do the right suspension and so on, possibly. But, yeah, to your point, you're going to add weight. Because even if you take the engine out and, and even transmission and you put in all the EV stuff, which you still got to have – that's the other thing. You still got to have a transmission when it's all said and done. That's the other thing people don't realize on the on the conversions. Uh, in fact, Jeep had one there. It's their Magneto. It, ha- it still had a clutch. Yeah, it still had a stick. still has a stick well. shift in it on an EV, which is interesting because mm-hmm. it would be like, okay, how does that shift? Weird. You don't necessarily um, need it, but no. But oh, I, well, you would. You would if you if you want to use. Because here's how they're doing this: if you want to use less horsepower motor, mm-hmm. you can of course gain some torque and some horsepower. Not really gaining horsepower, but you you can gain some multiplication right. with the right gear train, and that's what they're doing in that Magneto unit. And did you see the CJ8? I talked to that guy for a long time, and it's got a Tramic five-speed in it. Okay. Because the original Jeep tranny wouldn't take the power out. No, of it. no way. And I said, so how, do you shift much, or do you just keep it in fi- fifth gear all the time? He's like, I use third and fifth. Third and fifth. That's the way he drives. Unless it. you're going to be four wheeling or something, you wouldn't need first. Right, and he hadn't crawled it yet. So, so third and fifth. Third and fifth is how he drives it around. Okay, town. third and fifth. So, so there's some of that, Russ. Okay, I do have a quick question on my 47 CJ. Sure. Um, so the tub on it is pretty rusty. Okay. And I'm considering just buying a tub for it. Not a bad idea. I basically, would either have to buy or build because it's it's pretty rough. Just buy a steel one. Don't I don't I hate. Now this is different because I know there's some other types of cars, some early Ford high boys and so on, where the fiberglass bodies work great. They're solid. They're nice. They work very well. I never and I still don't like fiberglass tubs on the Jeeps. They're they're garbage. Every one of them I ever seen, yep. they're garbage. I don't. I'm not a big fan of fiberglass anyway. Just buy a steel tub um, and you're fine. Okay, because they make the steel, they make the aluminum. I just wasn't. sure I would do steel. The, the steel is the easiest to use on down the road. The, the problem with the aluminum is even when you go to do any kind of repair work, paint, body, whatever, it's a whole different process doing the aluminum than it is the steel. The steel is the easiest to work with, Russ, and cheaper. Okay. Um, as far as tubs go. Is one going to hurt my value of the Jeep more than another? Or If you got the original VIN and you can transfer that around, which you should be able to do, uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, if your old one's all rusted out, you got to fix it anyway. So, no, I don't see yeah. that being an issue. Okay. Yeah, they'd thrown some carpet in it. And, uh, that was a problem with those. <laughs> yep. Because the carpet sat the and just rusted. Care of everything. Yep. You, you, yep. If you were going to have one of those back then, you either needed carpet with it sealed up or no carpet. Yeah. How bad is I mean okay. how bad is the rust, Russ? Uh the floor is 
basically non-existent. Okay. The uh, the around the tubs where the wheels at are yeah. non-existent. Yeah, put a tub on it then. Just I, scrap that one. I pretty one. much have a rim and a dash. Yeah, put, yeah, no, put a tub in it. Put a tub in it. Do it so, that way. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thank That's you. the easiest in the end. No, appreciate it, Russ. And as you know, you can buy windshield frames and the whole nine yards. And I mean, those have, those have been around for. Gosh, even all the way back when I was first getting into that in the mid-'80s, they were doing all that stuff then. They still are. Yeah, I think it's even more. I mean, one of the Onyx had a bunch of stuff there, all kinds of new stuff they're building. So Correct. I think you could build a Jeep from scratch just out of their parts Almost catalog. like you can an early 32 Ford. Or a Mustang. Yeah, yeah, just go buy all the parts and put it together. Yeah. Actually, you can almost do that now in an early Chevy pickup. Yeah. You can darn near can. buy everything you want. You start with a cab, and you can pretty much add everything else you want, Vin, including a frame. Vin plate is about all you need. That's right. So, All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes... And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills? More breakdowns? Are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical Heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? 
The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. All right, we're back. Myself, Josh Goff, Legacy Automotive and Ridgeline Auto Brokers up in Boulder. Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Larry Unger, of course, answering phones. We have a line open. is all 303-477-5600. Really quick, I do want to give kudos to the city of Las Vegas. Because I will say, and Josh agrees with me, mm-hmm. we didn't meet someone or get waited on by anyone that wasn't nice. Right. And I mean, this was everything from the guy driving the shuttle bus to the rental car place to people in the hotels, mm-hmm. to people in the restaurants, to you name it. The convention center itself and so on didn't have a bad experience with a single person that works in that whole Vegas network doing the conventions and the whole nine yards. I will say this for Vegas. They know how to run conventions. That they do. Better than anyone else. I've been to some all over, and theirs are still the best by yeah. far. So I'll give, them, I'll give kudos where it's due. In the, yeah, they, they've got that down pat. They know how to do it. Wayne and Golden, you're next. Hello, Wayne. Hi, John. Thanks, Hi, John. Thanks for taking my call. Here's your bet. You, no problem at all. Uh, I had a question in the back of my mind. I, was, I thought you'd be the best person to ask that could answer it. Okay. If, if you have a vehicle like a Chevy Volt or a Lincoln Corsair, that's a hybrid version that gives you mm-hmm. initially 25 to 40 miles on battery, then cuts over to... Right. Um, the engine. My question is this: If for whatever reason that battery, those batteries die, and you can't or don't want to replace them because of whatever reason they cost too much or whatever, not an option. Can you just run on? Can you just nope. live on the engine without nope. it impacting the vehicle? Nope, because yeah. the only thing the engine is doing is charging the battery. The battery is still the propulsion unit for the vehicle itself, and if it gets a bad cell because of the safety side of it and the fact that that thing could uh, literally just continue to expand into other cells and become a nightmare, the vehicle shuts down. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you do have to replace the battery yes, at some point then? You would. If it goes bad, you would have to to make the vehicle mobile. Otherwise, it is it is inoperable. And can you get a hold of, like, a Chevy Volt? battery or yeah there's rebuilders and i don't know if they're doing any new ones out of chevrolet any longer on the on the volt that's with the v for everybody listening not the bolt with the b but the volt with the v why chevy named those two cars that closely together some knucklehead marketer has no idea what they were doing wayne but at any rate the volt as in vulcan the volt yes there are aftermarket battery companies and i don't know if gm is still building those or not i'm guessing they still are Okay, and would you mind saying the reason why it won't function correctly again, please? Because of the safety side of the batteries. They know that if they get a bad cell, because every one of the hybrid and or EV batteries are made up of a lot of other little batteries and or battery cells. Uh, It depends on what technology the company is using. They're either cells or they're nothing like a Tesla uses a battery that's not much bigger than a AA battery, and there's thousands of them that are stacked inside and each one of them is interconnected and so on and on a hot on a any of these vehicles tesla included if just one of those 
goes bad, they know that the chain reaction of causing either other ones to go bad or the risk of fire is there, so they shut the vehicle down. And with the Volt, it's not driven by the gas engine. No, it is driven by the battery. Yeah, it, it's been all electric motors. The That's gas right. engine just charges the battery. That's, That's all they, it does. They don't let the Volt battery get below 40% charge because it is what's driving the vehicle. So the car won't even start then, is that nope, correct? Nope, it will not. Gotcha. Thank you so much for your time. You're Appreciate very welcome, that. Wayne. No, by the way, great question because there's, there's a lot of folks out there that I don't think really fully understand that on the used side of the fence, which that's something Josh and I will talk about here in the future as well. I do think there's a market and going to be a market for the used side of this where folks don't want to you know, take that Tesla, for example, that's 100K plus. You'd rather go buy a used one for half that. Or you take a Chevy Bolt where it's 40 grand new and it's half that used. There will be, there will be a market for some of those vehicles, but you're going to have to be knowledgeable or work with someone that is knowledgeable before you actually go out there and buy one of those vehicles. Trent in Northland, you're next. Hey, hi, John. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. I've got a 14 Chevy 1500 Silverado. Okay. And I got the thing where the fan keeps running when you shut the motor off. Okay. So I've changed the thermostat and the temp sense, and it's still doing it. And I don't know what to do next. So which fan motor is running? The one for the condenser out front or the fan motor yeah. for the heater up front okay so that motor continue that one's the 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 radiator fan continues to run yes okay i what Go ahead, you said Josh. a 17 F- uh, 14 2014 double check i think that one had the fan control module by itself and they will usually stick on on those so the computer doesn't just turn on relays it just sends a signal up to the control module which can make the fans run at variable speeds, and the control module will actually stick in the on position and keep them running on that. Okay. And then it's just replace that module. It usually rides on the fan assembly itself. You'll kind of see like a shiny metal box by one of the fans, and you just unplug okay. it and plug the new one in, and that usually takes care of it. All right. Well, I'll try that next. Okay. Great question, Trent. Awesome. Thank you. No, yep, appreciate that. You. Have a great afternoon. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, Paul's next. Paul in Arvada. Or, sorry, Paul in Aurora. Go ahead. Hi. I heard your tidbit a little earlier about hand signals. Yeah, mm-hmm. which no one knows how to use. Story. Uh, yeah. Uh, when I was 16, about 60 years ago, I went to a small town south of Indianapolis to do my driving test, and my dad didn't even know I took the car. And I had to wait till I got done before I could bring the car back home. But during the driving test, the uh, person doing the testing asked you to move hand signals when you were making turns. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You had to know that. Yeah, I had to, too. When I did my driving test all the way back in, what was that, 1980, I want to say, oh, I had to do the same thing, Paul. Uh, yeah. So I just thought I'd throw that Yeah, in. no, you know what? I would forgot that. You're, you, you used to have to do that in your driving test. Yeah, and also... Backing into spots, people don't do that. No, no they don't. I, there's funny. There's a, there's a video running around where a lady's asking people, "What is this backing into a parking spot? Why do you do that?" And really quick for everybody listening, Paul, you know this. So does Josh. Number one, I find it easier. By the way, you can back in. You know exactly where you're at. You just back into the slot. The other reason I like it is I can get things positioned a little better and typically avoid some of the door ding potentials that are out there. Last but not least, yeah. and my dad taught me this. Your chances of running over a person 
mm-hmm. pulling out of a spot versus backing out of a spot is much less reduced. So even, you know, by the way, most child accidents where they are killed at home come from mom or dad backing over them. So I was taught at an early age, Paul, back in even to the driveway so you avoid that. Yeah, they were showing about that the other day on news about kids getting hit because you can't see them with the big There estimate. you go. Yeah. That, and if you back in, you avoid all that. Yeah. That's my biggest reason for backing in. <laughs> all righty. All right. Paul, thank you. So, yeah, so a lot of you listening where you think, well, it's just a, that's, that's an ego thing. I see these guys with trucks backing in this, that, and the other. Um, sometimes it's because they want the vehicle to look better. Most of the time, though, it's because they've, they've been taught, like I have, that you, you, especially on the higher vehicles, like we just heard a moment ago, you avoid potential issues, accidents, and so on by, by, uh, not, you know, by not backing out, but by pulling out of a parking spot, whether that be from the garage or a parking lot or whatever the case may be. I don't know. I just always felt like, too, it's that, it's that old, you know, I'm either going to do it now or later. Why not, as I'm pulling in, back in, so that when I go to leave, it's just that much easier. I'll pay it on the front side. Right. That that's just the way I've always looked at it. So Jeff and Steamboat Springs, what's going on, sir? Hey, good morning. How are you? Good, Jeff. Hey, I've got a question about my wife's uh, 2012 um, two five Audi again. Okay. Um, but I wanted to just say, last night we had uh, Joe O'Day came up and went to had a uh, meet and greet at my daughter's restaurant. Nice. Was, yeah, we had about twice as many people there as they thought were coming. So nice. Kind of gives me an indication. I think we got a sleeper uh, cell here in uh, well, that's good. Colorado. Nice. For the, for the Senate, at least. But anyway, what happened was um, they put a new interstate battery in my wife's uh, Q5. Um, it's a 3.26. And it, the car sat for it's fine for all the time we were down working in Denver. Came home, the car sat in the, in the barn for two weeks. And she went out to try and start. It wouldn't go. So I jumped it. Um, was fine. We drove it and let it run for about an hour. Got up the next morning. Same deal. So I took it in and had the battery tested and the alternator tested at uh, the parts store. And they said, well, your battery's down to 8 volts and the alternator's uh, working fine. So we took it in. They put a new battery in. And he's telling me, and he thinks we've got a, uh, a battery drain somewhere, mm-hmm. and just wondering if that's what you guys would concur with. Yeah, it has a parasitic draw on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that I've noticed, and I make sure everything's off and when we shut it off and don't have anything plugged into the, for the phone or anything, but the, um, the parking sensor uh, light blinks comes on and blinks and then you if you push it it goes out so i'm wondering if it isn't one of the sensors in the back bumper for the uh backup parking if, if the key's off it shouldn't do that but the thing is you gotta remember on those cars the body control module kind of tells everybody to go to sleep so for some uh, reason if it's still on with the keys off the body control module's still awake and i don't know why you know it could uh, be bad body control module or one of the door sensors or you know, a million things that keep these cars awake. And that's the biggest problem with modern cars when we do parasitic draw tests is finally getting the car to go to sleep enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it can take four hours for a Great car to point. go to sleep. Great point. So that, uh. it's hard to guess on one of these. It's you got to find somebody who knows Audis and, unfortunately, take it into them. 
It's got the right yeah, tools and everything to shut this thing down. Huh. Um, well, I think the next time she's down there, I wanted her to go to uh, uh, have either Steve Horvath or you guys look at it when we're down there for a job. Sure. And uh, um, get this figured out because it's, uh, it's something, yeah, that is has baffled two different ones, an Audi guy in Denver and a shop, and then this guy up here who just works on German cars, too. So, And especially if it's going dead overnight. I mean, that's, you know, you can't take it to the airport. You can't take it anywhere if you're trying right. to bag well, it that fast. Yeah, it wasn't doing that because she, you know, we stay in a hotel that's uh, underground parking, and, you know, every morning she got up after that battery had been put in, we were there for over two weeks. Mm-hmm. Every morning, he'd get up and it was fine. But then when we let it sit for two weeks up here, is when it went down. Okay. And that's always the issue sometimes with the parasitic draw. If you're driving them every day, you know it takes at least twelve hours for a lead acid battery to charge all the way up, if not more. So yeah. the short drives never get the battery really charged all the way. So you never really get it full, and then you let it sit for two days. Uh-huh. So it's even drained down more on that. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, hopefully it'll keep together enough so we can get back down there to get one of you guys to look at it. And uh, I appreciate your show, John. Always a love love my Saturday morning. Well, thank you, Jeff. We appreciate you listening very much. I mean that. Don and Littleton, Arnie, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Due to recent changes in the law, many more individuals will now qualify for the tax credit on their ACA health plan. Take advantage of open enrollment from November 1st through January 15th. Call GIA Insurance to review your health insurance policy now. Paul Inigro and his team will explain everything, shop, and help you enroll into the right plan to fit your needs. Make an appointment today by calling 303-423-0162, extension 100. GIA Insurance is an authorized enrollment center for Connect for Health Colorado, Colorado's official health insurance marketplace and the only place where you can qualify for an advanced premium tax credit to help lower your premiums. Plans and prices change every year. With GIA Insurance, you will get the best plans at the best price for your health and financial needs. Call GIA Insurance, your local enrollment center today at 303-423-0162, extension 100. It pays to shop for health insurance. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. 
At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. With rates on the rise, how do you get the best rate? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Did you know that when you get cash out or your FICO score is below a 740 or you're financing a condo versus a single-family home, it will cost you more in rate and fees? Many lenders are charging more. Stop paying it. At Affordable Interest Mortgage, we have lenders that don't charge. Trying to purchase a second home, or is your loan amount considered a high balance or jumbo? There they go again, charging you more. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Let us show you a loan that doesn't charge more. Seeing a low rate, but not reading the small print, only to realize all the extra costs and fees? Again, stop. Call 720-895-0500. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Quit paying fees and closing costs that are unnecessary. Get a low rate without all the extra costs. Let us show you how to save thousands. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. 720-895-0500. Serving Coloradans for over 20 years. NMLS 298-191. Regulated by DORA. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we're back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. And I think Don beat Arnie by just a couple of seconds here. So, Don, you're next. Go ahead. Hi, John. Hi, Josh. Nice to talk with you guys. You too, Don. Hey, I had a couple. I had a heads up for um, Russ up in Cheyenne about his Jeep body. I put a reproduction body on my Jeep. And there's on the Internet, there's probably a dozen different companies that sell these bodies. There are. But there's only one company in the world that makes them, and that's in the Philippines. MD1 is the company. 
Okay. And everybody sells what MD1 makes. Gotcha. And I bought a body, and it came, and I thought, hot dog, I'm in business. But when I put that body on the frame, there's about six, maybe eight places where you have to bolt it to the frame. And I only had one spot on that body that lined up properly. Yeah. Every single other one was off half inch, three quarters of yeah. an inch, an inch. And that doesn't sound like much, but when you're drilling and filing underneath a Jeep, that, that gives you a whole different line of swear words, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yep. By the time I got done filing and changing those mounts around, I had a right arm the size of a telephone pole. I can imagine. Yeah, now there's a company on the Internet. It's willysoverland.com, and what this company does is they take that reproduction body and they have a jig that fits right onto the body, and they re-drill those mounts ah, properly nice. They re-make them so that when you get the body, all you do is pop it down on the frame and it bolts right up. Okay. You can put on a body. They say in the, in the, on the website you can put on a body in about an hour in the tub. But I'll tell you what, it was no hour for me. It was many, many days before I got mine right. And what's the name of that again? What website is that? It's willysoverland.com. Okay. Got it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a few hundred bucks they charge for that service, but I'll tell you what. Yeah, it'll be worth that. All the difference in the world. Yeah. No, I, I just I put all that down. I'll put it in my notes so that we've got that for the future, Don. I appreciate that. Yeah. And you know, that reproduction body, you got to give uh, MD1 a, 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 some kudos. I mean, they do produce a body. It's the same gauge as regular Willie's bodies. But I'll tell you what, quality control is pretty sloppy. I can imagine. Oh, well, yeah. You, you're, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a ton of filing and, and bending and fixing, and it's pretty lumpy and bumpy. It's, it's yeah. not, it's yeah. not No, they're not perfect. Well, no, no they, offense, yeah. the factory ones in the day weren't either. No, they're wavy as can be. No, no, but I'll tell you what, compared to a factory body, this thing, mine was really rough. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, good, luck, good luck to him. I mean, I think that's a great way to oh, go. Oh, it is. It really is. Go into it with your eyes wide open. Yep. Don, thank you. That's great info. Appreciate that very much. Always a pleasure. You bet. Take care. Arnie is next. Arnie, what's going on, sir? Well, I just, I, I was popping in and out and i just caught in that part you know being an oldie guy old old guy about the driving tests in the old days you know and having to use your hand signals and all that right and then there was discussion briefly which i wasn't following close either unfortunately but about parking driving forward in backing into parking and that maybe was was with respect to parking lot my observation that I wanted to throw out that I thought was interesting anymore, I pick up two grandsons at school uh, every day, and it's uh, kind of, it's residential, very basic residential street, uh, but uh, a bunch of the folks that are picking up the kids have to park on the street as opposed to being able to drive through and pick mm-hmm. up the kids, so I park on the street. And I get there early enough so I can park reasonably close to the front of the, the school. But at any rate, the point is I am, wa- am watching people park. And this is a two-lane street with some with the parking uh, lanes, mm-hmm. uh, a lane, that much space. But it's pretty tight. So they come in, and 
you know, if I get there and there's somebody already there, and, and so then I have to fill in a spot, then I I, I use my long wheelbase pick, pickup. I do back end parking, which I certainly am not getting any better up better at as I get older. My judgment isn't as good, but I try to be careful to get in there uh, reasonable. What I see is people coming in, they all park going forward, and when that parking space, if, if they're filling a space, is tight, often they hit the curb, they just hit it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, hit it, and, well, there's the curb, and then move forward enough and whatever. Or in one case, the guy just drives his Jeep up on the curb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they're dealing a number. I mean, a I'm lot not, are parking challenged, Arnie. Right. Well, yeah, and but, I'd, well, I guess it's, I'd, uh, they have a solution. <laughs> so they they met their challenge. They just... Yeah. They just get the curb or drive over it, one or the other. Wow. Yeah. No, a lot of parking challenged. I, we see that all the time. So I guess there's something to be said for what I see advertised, you know, about the cars now that park themselves. There is. That's what we got to do. There is. No, you're correct. Turn, turn it loose. Let That's the right. Let it run itself. That's right. Arnie, appreciate it. You bet. Thank you Bye very on. much. All right, we'll come back. Got one segment left. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. 
You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a Novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the Novus link that's Novus Autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I do appreciate it very much. Myself, Josh Goff, Legacy Automotive up in Boulder, also Ridgeline Auto Broker. So if you're looking at a used car, even one you want to buy but don't know where one is, give Josh a call. Uh, he and Justin, his guy there, will help you guys out in numerous ways. He's, you know, he's at the auction on a regular basis anyways and sometimes has vehicles in stock, tries to. But if you need something that he does not have... By all means, ask, and you'll do your best to we'll try. round That's it up. Sure. You know What I would say when it comes to used cars, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. You just have to be a little bit more, how do I want to say this? If you're saying, okay, I want a this year, this version, this color, this options, uh, you're going to be looking longer than you would be if you just say, I'd like this vehicle in this year. And if I can get these options, it would be great. Okay, now you start your search. Right. But if you're looking exactly. for specific colors and interior colors and so on, it gets a lot more dicey trying to find, uh, you know, trying to fill that request is what I should say. Mm-hmm. That's the right way to say it. Exactly. So yeah. the more the more lenient you can be, even in having a couple of different year choices, the better off you'll be in trying to find what you want. It's probably the best way for me to say that. Donald in Colorado Springs. Or Donna. Donato. Make sure I say I, – sorry, I read that too quickly. Donato, what's going on? Yes, sir, John. Uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, uh, touching base with you again. Um, at that old 78 uh, Chevy van that is full of drive, and I had the transmission done a couple years ago. And the guy said, you know, when it gets to 500 miles, bring it back. Well, I'm about 500 miles because I don't drive it a lot. And it just doesn't shift uh, forward, shift in reverse, but it doesn't shift forward. And um, you had said to let it run for a little bit, warm it up pretty good. And I've done it like 20 minutes, 25 minutes, warm up. No change? Yeah. Okay. So... Wonder if you had any any other ideas. I know the guy that did is not going to take it back now because mm. past you know a couple of years now. Three yeah. and and I can't remember what year seventy eight. So that's a three fifty turbo three fifty most likely. Uh, yeah, it, well, it does now. It had a it came with a four hundred, but um, we put a new three fifty. Okay, so it's got three. That's what I thought. I was trying to do this from memory. So three fifty. Uh, yeah, somebody's going to have to diagnose that down in the springs. Um, if you email me off, you know, if you email me off air, I can send you to somebody down there that can look at it for you, Donato. Okay. Okay, I'll do my best to get you to somebody that can help you. Awesome. Thank okay. you, John. You bet, Donato. Appreciate it. John, for all of you want to email me anything, John, J-O-H-N, at drive-radio.com. 
radio.com drive-radio.com all right back to SEMA show we got a few minutes left here where josh and i might be able to you know uh finalize a, a few thoughts here on the whole show and the experience and so on and you know and all in all i will say this i kind of felt like the whole feel of the show not not the people running it but the people in it the exhibitors i kind of got the feeling with but with but the exception of just a few Exhibitors, where I was in some different booths and so on, and I'll have some of those folks on in the future. We'll do some interviews and so on, which we set up while I was there. But one thing I've really felt like was 2020, there was no show. Last year, it was sort of a you know three quarter show. You know, it was sort of a they required masks and didn't require masks. It was kind of this back and forth thing. And a lot of folks like myself just said, "I'm not going near there." And a lot of a lot of other people did the same thing. Attendance was way off. There was it was a virtual show in 2020. I just felt like this year they were sort of still in this COVID slump. Even a lot of the exhibitors themselves, I just don't feel like were as revved up and as excited about the show as they should be. And here's the other thing I noticed. And not complaining, just a, just just an observation. If these exhibitors, and if I were running an exhibit booth, I would make it mandatory that you are not allowed to be on your cell phone at all. Because I can't tell you how many booths I went into, and I've got a media badge on, which is different than a buyer badge like what Josh has. Now, granted, I'm not a buyer, but I'm in the media. And you'd think if you want some free press, you'd talk to the media guy. Right. I had but maybe a handful that actually did. In fact, one person from a company I won't mention, but I'll get to this later, actually searched me out because I was walking down an aisle, ran up to me and said, Hey, you're media. Here's my card. I'd like you to come over to our booth, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, this person's doing it the way it's supposed to be done. What do you know? A little excitement. I got the feeling in a lot of booths that these exhibitors, the you know head guy or head marketing person or whatever, made them come to the show, and they were there because they had to be, not wanted to be, and they were doing anything they possibly could not to t- talk to anybody, and if they could be buried in their phone, they did. Now, one more further observation. There is what I call in some booths eye candy. For men, that's a nice-looking woman. And yes, in the automotive world and in a lot of trade shows, that's used. Now, these are not like scantily-clad women. It's not like they're half-dressed. I mean, these are just nice-looking models that these companies will hire to sign posters or do this or do that. And I noticed even they were buried in their phones a portion of the time because I'd kind of stand off to the side and just kind of watch my wife and I would. And it was funny to watch some of these individuals not work but dink around on their cell phone. And I'm thinking to myself, you have spent, in some cases, tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. Some of these big booths are hundred grand plus. By the time you get the booth rented, you get all of the union guys, which, by the way, is a requirement there. You don't move anything in and out of your booth without the union doing it for you. The electrical drops, on and on we go. It's a very expensive endeavor to show up there. You would think... That with the amount of money you're spending, you would want to maximize every single person walking in your space. But yet, they don't. Right. I don't get it. That part, I still, to this day, sitting here, and Josh agrees with me. I wasn't the only one noticing it. So it wasn't just me as as a media person. Josh, the buyer, notices the same thing. That's a problem. We had a few. I had to track them down and, you know, go behind the counter while they're playing on the phone and kind of wake them up and be like, hey. 
I want to know about such and such. Should not be that way. Number one rule, they should be out there trying to greet you when you walk in the booth. Well, you've been to other conventions where they almost grab you by the arm as you're going by. I had a couple of those do that with me. And those guys will be on the show in the not-too-distant future talking about their product. And both of these particular companies have some great products we'll talk about in the future. And they did do exactly that. And you know what? Here's Here was my philosophy. If you're going to grab me and talk to me, I'll let you come on air. Right. I, don't care. I don't care if you're selling crap. Right. I'll let you come on air and talk about your crap. Because at least you spent time... You know, grabbing me out of the aisle, bringing me in and talking to me about whatever it is your product was. And I had like four or five of those folks actually do that. Mm-hmm. Out of two and a half million square feet, right. I had I could count on one hand how many did that. Folks, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And we wonder in this country why we have an economic problem right now. We have a work ethic problem in this country is what we have, not an economic problem. I'll agree with that. Yeah, We have a work ethic problem, folks. We do. And our industry is, 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 not, is not any different, by the way. I hate to say that. Now, no. some of the places you went into, they were very quick to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I'll give kudos where kudos is due. The manufacturers, Dodge, Jeep, their people were there. They were there answering questions. I watched them, ask, you know, watched them answering questions. And granted, these people have deep pockets. I get that. But you don't get to having deep pockets unless you do this in the first place. Now, the big booths. The Edelbrocks and Hollies of the world and so on. Yeah, they've always got people there. You could get any question answered. These guys know how to run a trade show. Right. They, they do it over and over and over again. They've got a team that literally, that's all these guys do is go to trade show after trade show after trade show. I get that. There needs to be some training done on how to run your booth in a trade show for a lot of these other vendors that are out there. There does. Because it, it was, it, I'll, be, I'll be honest, folks. This is the most pathetic showing when it comes to the exhibitors I've ever seen going to SEMA in 31 years. And think about it. You got a guy like me who goes in. All you got to do is reach one person, and then I'm going to have all my customers that I'm going to reach. Correct. Oh, so look it just at me. Multiplies, or you? You know. Look at me on here. the media side. Here with what we're doing. Exactly. I'll, I'll, you give me one product, and I'll talk about it. And I've got some that we will talk about, and I'll have folks on. We'll we'll get to that here, and you know, as time goes by, we'll interview some of these folks and do that. I couldn't do it today because a lot of these folks are unpacking and getting ready to head home, and so I mean, again, it's a, it's a really big big deal. But I was shocked at what I consider to be just a flat-out lack of work ethic from the folks that are working the booths. And I will say that it's been a few years since I've had a retail store, and I knew a lot of the reps on a face-to-face basis. Now, I'll also say this. I looked for some of those people I used to know. There's been enough turnover in a lot of these companies. They're not there anymore. They're gone. They don't exist. The old guys that were there even five, six years ago, they're not there any longer. Mm -hmm. They've been replaced. Is that good? Is that bad? It is what it is. But it's not the same. Right. Is that going to affect the industry moving forward? I think it will, yes. And I think also what this shows, the same thing I've always taught my kids. If you can just do it a little bit better than the guy next to you, you'll make it. And nothing is truer today in the automotive world than that. Just do better than the next guy, and you'll make it. The other thing that I found surprising, I've got a minute left to to kind of share this. Ford, GM, no corporate presence at all. I couldn't believe that. None. Zilch. Not, not, a, not any corporate presence from General Motors or Ford, which, which I think is a huge mistake on their part. I now, do, too. I realize they're both going to the electrification end of things, but they've still got a huge fan following. People that are promoting and pushing their products and even the accessory end of their products on an annual basis, and yet they're not there to support those people. I, I found that. I, actually, I found that very disappointing. 
mean, look at Stellantis. They came twice. They had the whole Dodge showing their new EV, and then they had the whole Mopar side. In another in another part of the hall. Yeah, another, in another hall, hall, basically. Yeah. And they, they had two big booths for both Huge. Those. Stellantis came full bore. And Toyota, Toyota too. came full bore. Toyota took Ford's spot. That new Sequoia? Nice car. It's a nice car. Nice truck, I should yeah. say. It's not a car. It's a truck. It's a very nice SUV. Toyota, to their credit again. And they're, they're one of the ones that have said, we're not going to go full electrification. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're getting, I'm going to talk about this next week, they're getting some heat because they're not going full electrification. And there's folks out there that think they should be. And Toyota's basically saying, no, we're not doing full electrification. We're going to do this differently. We're going to stick with our hybrid stuff that we're doing. We'll have some, high, you know, we'll have some EV models, but we have no plans, and we're not announcing any full electrification of our fleet. And one of the companies would be the easiest to go full electric. You can just throw the ice away, and they're already there. But they're not. You know why? Because they know the market's not there. Exactly. They're actually very smart in what they're doing. So, anyways. Josh from Ridgeline Auto Brokers up in Boulder, Legacy Automotive as well. Give them your phone number so they can reach you. 303-396-0555 for Legacy. 303-442-4141 for Ridgeline Auto Brokers. And if you miss any of that, just go to drive-radio.com, and all of Josh's info is there. And appreciate you joining us. Guys, I'll talk more about SEMA this next week as well. On Rush to Reason, my son and I will go over a few things on Monday. But Charlie Grimes, our engineer, Larry Unger, thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening today, by the way. And if it's a replay, thank you for listening to that as well. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.